Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Path. <laughs> hey everybody, Froth here. Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. We made it. We did it. Hump Day Blogorama. If you're only uh, checking this out for the first time, basically I do a weekly show where I, I spend all week reading through tons and tons of RPG blogs, filtering them away into my email, you know, at the early part of the week, I'm kind of throwing everything that catches my eye in there. I get to the middle of the week and I start to think, ah, I don't know if I got a show here. I'm not seeing it. It's not coming together. And then by the end of it, I've got too much awesome stuff. I'm, I'm whittling it down, trying to group stuff and to uh, see if it, some of it matches up into any kind of thematic sense. And then I'm rereading it, thinking about what I want to say. I don't like script anything, if you can't tell. <laughs> really, Froth? This isn't scripted? <laughs> but, uh, and then just, you know, share the love of all the awesome uh, stuff that goes out on RPG blogs week after week. So I do a companion blog post for this over on my blog, frothsoft, froth, S-O-F, D-N-D, dot blogspot, dot com. It has all the links that I mentioned here in order. Uh, so it's really handy for you to just go check that out. You can go and read all these or bookmark them or follow the blogs or whatever. So anyway, I'm having to start this uh, Tuesday night. There's a chance uh, I might have to go out of town unexpectedly. So I'm going to be doing some of this over Tuesday night, some Wednesday morning. But I can tell you, I keep track of it. So if there's anything for some reason I miss that comes out, it's really awesome. I'll know where I left off and I'll make sure and add it into next week. So anyway, let's get rolling. All right. So I always start off talking about maps, uh, cartographers, uh, these folks that do uh, RPG cartography, I got so much respect for them. It's just uh, amazing how much talent there is out there. So first thing I got for you, I mentioned this Kaora uh, person uh, several episodes back. Uh, does incredible maps, has these great free uh, Sword Coast Forgotten Realms maps up. Also has a blog at uh, Blue Sword Games. It's bluesoardgames.com. Put up a cool post that I really enjoyed reading called Maps as Art. And, uh, you know, it was interesting from a you know someone that's got absurd talent uh, doing the mapping to read them talk about their love of it and how they, they view maps as art and uh, put up some cool posts. Uh, photographs of other great mappers like Anna Meyer that does the uh, breathtaking uh, Flanace Greyhawk maps, uh, Devin Rue that's gotten uh, more and more popular, great stuff, uh, and uh, Mike Schley that you'll see in the 5e books and goes into some tips and tricks and things about that. I thought this would be interesting not just for People that enjoy looking at maps, but also if you're a 
cartographer, uh, you do mapping yourself and things like that. This was a, a good article, just kind of a celebration of, of mapping. So uh, go over to bluesword.games.com and check out that maps as art post. Now this is really cool, all right? So this is at shadekeep.com, but if you just go to shadekeep.com, it's like a website that's just like a placeholder thing. So you actually have to follow the link from my blog or go to shadekeep.com forward slash shamat, which is S-H-A-M-A-T, and then another forward slash shamat.html. So shadekeep.com forward slash shamat forward slash shamat.html. I don't know why it's so hard to get to, but it's worth it to get to it because it's a hex mapping tool that's really easy. Uh, I'll often say, so easy froth can do it, and here's what you have. So easy froth can do it. You can do terrain, annotation, overlays, different colors, different symbols, and everything, and make yourself a cool, and it's really easy. It's as easy as just dragging your mouse, you know, clicking and then dragging your mouse across the hex, uh, the hex grid. And then you can save it as a PNG file, so you can upload that anywhere or whatever. So, if you're not like these awesome mappers uh, that I feature, and you're more like Froth, and you want to make still make a really good-looking hex map, uh, this is a great tool. Bookmark it, save it, play around with it, use it for your campaign, whatever. Uh, check that out at uh, shadekeep.com forward slash shamat shamat html. All right, um, you know, I've talked about, you know, I could do a weekly thing every week talking about Dyson Logos or uh, Tim Harton or all, all these folks that put out, you know, killer maps week after week. I try to keep it varied, though, you know. Otherwise, there's no point in listening to Froth and just go click on Dyson's blog or whatever. Um, so I try to, you know, use my own advice. I talked about looking for different blogs and checking different blog roles and things like that. So you can kind of explore different topics that you like. And I get more into that as the show goes on. But uh, one thing I noticed, I didn't realize, I, I, there's a great forum called the Cartographer's Guild, cartographersguild.com, where it's just, oh boy, you want to talk about sick talent. It's just littered with awesome cartographers putting up stuff, running contests with each other. Um, it's really cool, but anyway, it has some kind of RSS feed or I'm not going to pretend to know how it works, but I plugged it into my blog roll and, um, it turns out occasionally I'll have different, you know, posts. There doesn't seem to be too much rhyme or reason to it, but they'll post it, you know, pop up in my blog roll, which is really cool. So if you like uh, RPG maps and you want to add something like that to your blog roll, you just add in that cartographersguild.com and it'll pull up the, you know, you'll just occasionally see them in there. Anyway, there was a really good one that popped up, the city of Astoria. And um, it, I'm not going to be able to really give you a great link for it because it's just one of the threads out of the, in the forum, but it's over on the blog. And anyway, uh, this person, Jay Edward, did it, and uh, it's a really cool image. I put it on the blog. It's a really cool city on a river, uh, uh, kind of a Greek, almost, uh, influence. There's like an amphitheater and gates and palaces and stuff. Really cool style. Um, 
And uh, so I thought I'd share that. What's cool about it, it's got one view, it's like a bird's eye view, and then kind of in the bottom right corner, it does a you know side perspective um, view of it. I love when there's stuff that uh, does kind of multiple perspectives within maps. So um, I thought I'd share that cool map and then also share with you that you can uh, add that Cartographer's Guild, even though it's a forum, add it into your blog roll and, uh, you know, it'll kind of pop up almost like blog posts. So I thought that was, that was neat. And then I did want to mention again, Tim Harton, who does so much awesome work uh, with the Friday freebies. You know, Tim did the, uh, the maps for the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, great old school style dungeons. Uh, and every Friday puts a couple up on uh, one that's like shaded white ones like shaded black for free. I mentioned it on an early um, hump day bloggerama, but it was before I had the, you know, the blinding, uh, blinding flash of the obvious to, to, uh, to do a companion blog post. So it'd be easy to actually use the links I talk about. And so it was uh, during the time when I wasn't uh, doing the blog post. So I went ahead and put up one of his images from the last Friday freebie and put up the paratime.ca link to the Friday freebie page. It's from 2015 through 2019, every Friday, a couple of maps. They're not just um, dungeons, there's caverns, there's buildings. And what I do is I've downloaded all these and you end up with these hundreds of different Im images you can use for inspiration. You can print off a couple and just have them in your DM binder or whatever. You can use them on the fly. Um, incredible stuff. So if you're, if you're like me and you like collecting maps, uh, this is one you want to bookmark. And what I'll do is, you know, let a few weeks go by, then go by, download them and all that. So I want to give Tim some love. His stuff is awesome. So, all right. I think that's uh, what I got for you on maps. And next... You know, reviews on blogs are, you know, one of the reasons I love them. Uh, it seems like, you know, you got 10 foot pole now that it's probably the best known review site for old, certainly for old school games. But, you know, you look at stuff like Grognardia is one of the most, you know, probably the granddaddy of them all. When you think about RPG blogs or certainly one of them. And part of the reason it was so successful, I think, is that James would, uh, would share these old games and kind of do a, you know, uh, retrospective sort of review of them and talk about them and, and everything. And, you know, it's just one of the great things about blogs. I like to do reviews. This show's sort of like a review, but I like to do reviews of stuff too. And, um, it's cool to see different people's perspectives, different people that are enthusiasts and not getting paid or anything like that to, uh, you know, to advertise, talk about it and give their honest opinions and so there were uh, a number of reviews that i noticed over the week which was a lot more than normal so i started thinking huh i'll do a section on all the reviews that came out because a bunch of them came, uh, popped up one over at geek and sundry geek and sundry.com uh, it's not so much a review as it is uh, just kind of talking a little bit about the new Savage Worlds edition. This is something I backed on Kickstarter. Um, it should hopefully ship soon. I uh, They did a really good job with this Kickstarter of um, engaging the community to read over the PDFs and stuff and make suggestions. So they actually went through, you know, five or six different revisions Um uh, 
based in large part on the community feedback, which I don't know. Some people are more cynical than me might be saying, you know, Oh, you don't want to you know, have your community do your editing for you or whatever. And I think that's ridiculous. Cause I've backed some Kickstarters that could have really done uh, a lot, you know, done well with having, uh, people look at them because if you stare at your own stuff long enough, you, you're going to miss it. It's not you're not going to put all the connections together. And, and then there are people out there that just their minds work differently. They can make connections between things, see what's broken, see what's not working right, uh, find better ways to phrase things. So I thought they did. I, I'm so glad. I'd rather it be late and be well done than come out and have a bunch of errata five minutes later. Um, and anyway, um, I like Savage Worlds. I think it's cool. I love how flexible it is and how there's so many settings. It's 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 got its own thing going in a lot of ways. So if you like Savage Worlds too, and uh, oh, anyway, what I was going to say is I haven't really read through the new one because I like to read and print if I can. So there's a few things I've gotten Kickstarter-wise where they'll send out the PDFs, like Fantasy Trip is one of them, uh, this Yellow King thing where I, I'm just going to wait because I, I just don't like reading in PDF unless I, I absolutely have to. But anyway, they do a article called five great changes in the new edition of Savage Worlds. And so this is one I thought would be a cool article to share. If you're somebody that's got the old one, uh, cause it was so well, you know, so well priced. I think the core book was like $15. So they priced it really easy to get into, you know, 15 bucks in print. Um, and you know, if you're wondering why you should get into the new one, why should you even change? This is that kind of thing where it goes through five different, uh, five great changes in the new edition. So if you're into Savage Worlds uh, and want to see what some of the changes are going into it, I thought I'd share that. So it's over at geekandsundry.com uh, talking about the new edition of Savage Worlds. Something I just saw tonight, which will be yesterday for those of y'all listening to it huh uh over the doom slakers blog doom slakers that's doom s-l-a-k-e-r-s dot blogspot.com this is james west's blog really talented uh artist uh does the black pudding zine and um comes up with cool care uh cool character classes and all kinds of stuff good person to follow if you like uh cool art and uh, old school stuff. Anyway, he put up a post, um, Al Kadim Golden Voyages, looking back at one of these old Al Kadim uh, second edition Dungeons and Dragons era box sets. You know, I've got uh, the old uh, Arabian Adventures core book, and I've got one of the box sets. I guess it's uh, like the city set. I forget the name of it now. But I never really, you know, I, I bought them as more of a curiosity and, you know, collecting kind of thing. Because uh, I, I never spent any time playing Al-Kadim uh, back in the day. Uh, um, but I thought this was a, a cool article. It goes into pretty good detail about the Golden Voyages box. Kind of an unboxing, talking about all the different parts. It looks like it's got like a DM screen and a bunch of uh, add-ons and doodads and doohickeys and stuff with it so if you're interested in al-kadim uh, or want to relive memories of, of that setting you can go over to doom slakers and check out the uh, al-kadim golden voyages kind of retrospective review there i uh i mentioned uh motis tabletop bellhop 
Facebook.com a few times. Put up a review of uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord. Uh, this is another, it's been out a, you know, a few years now, but kind of a recent game. Um, and it's written by somebody, uh, Robert Schwab, whose writing I really enjoy. Um, talented, I guess, I don't know exactly when he started. I believe sometime around you know, third edition D&D, but did a lot of writing for fourth edition D&D. And was probably the best best writer for that. Uh, Rich Baker also did some good stuff, but he's been around since at least Birthright. Um, but uh, really prolific writer, um, creative. And uh, Mo does a really good job going uh, chapter to chapter, talking about Shadow of the Demon Lord. This is a game I've been interested in. I can't ever find a affordable copy. It seems like uh, it's hard, kind of been hard for me to find. They haven't always had it at uh, a game shop and then uh you know it's like 60 bucks or something i think there and then um even on amazon i'll look and the price hadn't dropped or you know i'm just not ready to throw 50 bucks 50 60 bucks at it at this point but maybe i'll find it cheaper eventually but um it's hard to sometimes buy something kind of sight unseen where you don't know anything about it you know what i mean and this goes into a good detail on the mechanics and how it works. And uh, it's really nice, thorough review, overview of the game. So if you've looked at it, thought, huh, killer art, huh, Robert Schwab, this might be cool and want to know something about it, you go over to tabletopbellhop.com and check out that review of Shadow of the Demon Lord and figure out what's going on with that game. All right, so I'll, you know, I t I'm said I've mentioned... Uh, Tabletop Bellhop before. I've definitely mentioned uh, DungeonsPossums.blogspot.com before as well. Because Dungeons and Possums has been on fire lately, uh, doing lots of cool stuff over there. And uh, uh, one of the things um, they did over the last week is uh, reviewing uh, the Mothership game, which is, if you've ever spotted it, it's kind of, you know, some people might argue whether it's OSR or not feels osr to me it's not based on D, D or anything but it's got that diy spirit that almost kind of punk feel i guess in some ways to the layout the diy style of it um but it's it's like a horror um science fiction game and um the mechanics are kind of like a roll under thing but they're basically pretty pretty simple roll under uh uh deep you know percentage dice kind of thing and um, I haven't gotten to play it yet, but I got both the books. Uh, there's the Mothership book and then Dead Planet and Dungeons Possums uh, reviews them both. And then what was cool about this, also interviewed Sean McCoy and uh, FM Geist, who both worked on the, on the books. So if you've been seeing Mothership getting talked about, you probably have. I mean, you haven't picked it up and want to read a little bit more about that hear from the creators. I thought uh, the interviews were really well done. So that's something you can check out too. And then finally on the review front, uh, this one really caught my eye over at ongoingcampaign.blogspot.com. Ongoingcampaign.blogspot.com. Did a, a, a review. I guess this is in a, a series of uh, obscure game reviews, but uh, the author says it's been a long time since they wrote anything in the series. The last actual review of a game was in May 2015, so it's been a while. But they review one that I... Now, look, I try to pride myself on searching out and following some of this you know, weird old obscure stuff, but this is one that was new to me. 
Heroes and Heroines comic book role-playing game. Um, and I guess this is from the early 90s. Uh, see if it mentions a date. Doesn't mention a date, but early 90s comic book role-playing game called uh, Heroes and Heroines. Apparently they licensed a bunch of smaller comic companies um, like uh, Continuity Comics and Dark Horse and I don't know, some other, you know, smaller, you know, image comics. You know, these are comic companies that you know, but they're not, you know, DC or Marvel. And uh, did this this comic, you know, superheroes game. And so this was interesting to look at. It kind of makes me want to see if I can find out more about this thing. Talks about the mechanics a little bit, about the, uh, the weird company that made it, Excel Marketing. Wow, that's a great name for a game company, huh? And uh, written by James E. Friel III. And it mentions his uh, Friel's idiosyncratic spellings and usages and the lack of editing and uh, odd rules like um, reducing hit points to minus eight kills a character and kind of speculating why minus eight. And uh, just kind of, if you want to look at a, you know, a strange, forgotten game, a uh, forgotten old comic book game, Heroes and Heroines. Go over to ongoingcampaign.blogspot.com, check that out. And hey, if you've played Heroes and Heroines or owned it or anything like that, come on now. Call in. Give me an anchor call in, guys. Or you can, uh, you know, just let me know somehow. So I don't try to hide my love of random tables and random generators and... Um, it's just something I really enjoy. Whether I'm using them for games or just playing around with them for inspiration or just uh, reading through them or clicking buttons and all that kind of fun stuff. So, some cool stuff this week. You know, I talked uh, last time, uh, I rambled, I should say, about Elf Maids and Octopi, how much I love Chris Tam's stuff there. Well, over at elfmaidsandoccupy.blogspot.com, a couple of awesome things this week I wanted to highlight. One was D100 Things Elves Dislike. And it's, uh, you know, stuff that elves have disdain or dislike for, you know, at least, uh, in, you know, Chris's elves. And uh, it just paints this awesome picture of elves because it's things like, you know, they, they hate bad wine. They dislike uh, the scent of dogs, uh, crying children. Um, let's see what some other good ones are. Gaudy jewelry, uh, baby rattles. <laughs> it's just a bunch of funny things on here. Uh, eating with their hands, mortal beings decaying and aging before their eyes. Um, any machine with cogs or gears or pulleys. There's some funny creative stuff here. A hundred of them actually. So go over to Elf Maze and Occupy uh octopi.blogspot.com and look at that d100 things elves just like also chris put up something that i think would be awesome especially knowing all the creative people that listen to this i know you're out there put up a post called exelon real estate hex rush and what this is is one you know another of the many settings uh being worked on over there um and uh the idea here is chris has put up a a hex form for the setting and is asking readers to uh, 
to fill out one of the hex forms. Use uh, use his stuff to fill it out or uh, fill it out yourself and kind of be part of the setting. I thought I would try to um, turn some heads towards this and uh, I'm gonna try to do one um, myself, um, assuming I have the time and don't have to go out of town, but you know, I don't know how long it's gonna be open. But anyway, the idea is that you can go Download this form, fill it out and everything, kind of be part of the setting. It seems like a cool idea to me. So go over there to elfmaidsandoctopi.blogspot.com and check out the Exelon Real Estate Hex Rush post. All right, speaking of random tables, at Archon's March On blogspot.com. That's A-R-C-H-O-N-S, Archon's March On. Archon's March On. Um... The whole thing here is every post is, uh, you know, for random tables, but it also has a button and you just click the little button and it generates, you know, from the random tables for you. So it's got stuff like Eldritch Idols, Odd Orcs, Marvelous Merchants, Intelligent Swords, all these different topics. Every single topic has a little button where you can just click it and it kind of just rolls it or random generate, you know, randomly generates it for you. Now, obviously, some stuff ends up coming up a little nonsensical or not something you'd, you would use, kind of like uh, Mad Libs used to be when you were younger, you know. But it's still cool. You know, some of it is cool, and some of it uh, is something you might get inspired by. And it's just a really cool idea for a blog just to have this little button on every post that you can click and roll, you know, kind of generate the random table there, uh, random elements. So I like that a lot. I thought it was a great idea for a blog. <clears throat> so, go over to archonsmarchon.blogspot.com and see if you agree. I mentioned uh, Saker Tarsos um, I, uh, idea they had a few weeks ago uh, generating uh, cities with playing cards. And I speculated, you know, hoped that they might put up a part two. And they did, uh, Mapping with Playing Cards Part 2, Spaceships and Stations. And it's uh, applying that same playing card generating system to constructing ships and stations in science fiction games. So if you liked that post, um, or if you're just now checking this out and want to hear, you know, want to go check out how you can use a deck of playing cards as like a generator for settings and stuff like that. It's really inventive, really cool. So you go over to Tarsos Theorem, that's T-A-R-S-O-S Theorem dot blogspot dot com. And check out uh, not just Mapping with Playing Cards Part 2, the Spaceships and Stations, but also that Part 1, uh, Mapping with Playing Cards uh, with the Cities. Uh, cool stuff, so go check that out. Finally, I wanted to spend a minute talking about this. Uh, Evelyn M., Evelyn Moreau, uh, one of my favorite artists working in RPGs. Just a really nice person, just filled with creativity and uh, Hart um, has started blogging more frequently again at um, Chaudron Chromatique. My French is terrible. It means the chromatic cauldron, but it's uh, C-H-A-U-D-R-O-N, Chaudron, Chromatique, C-H-R-O-M-A-T-I-Q-U-E, chaudronchromatique.blogspot.com. She put up a post called Slumber City, that is kind of a way to uh, generate this city. 
Um, it says, a long time ago, to repel a large invading force, the mages of the city cast a powerful mass sleep spell, lost control of the spell, and now its essence is bound into the city itself. The city now stands at the edge of the waking and slumber worlds. And uh, so it's this really evocative, dreamy, um, almost uh, fable or fairy tale like, uh, uh, you know, creative list of um, encounters and neighborhoods and landmarks. And it's just uh, really something cool to, to read, kind of takes you out of the real world for a minute. And so I was thrilled to, uh, I've been really happy to see her um, doing more stuff on the blog. And also uh, she put up her stuff on Lulu um, that had previously been up there. Um, and I put the link up for that. Um, there's a whole section of really cool, awesome art, uh, artwork, uh, books, kind of like smaller zine stuff. Stuff she did on Google Plus uh, with other people, um, uh, you know, just a, a wide variety um, uh, of products that are really affordable. Um, like one that's really cool. There's there's two of them. The Chromatic Soup is uh, kind of something you know, kind of a crowdsourced thing from Google Plus, kind of like zines, kind of like settings that has all kinds of gameable stuff in there. Um, the a lot of it I already had, but the stuff that I didn't, I, I, I just uh, ordered a couple days ago. So definitely check out that Lulu Spotlight there. Also put up a link to her Patreon um, if you want to support her artwork uh, and the stuff she's doing. I would uh, highly recommend it. Uh, it's somebody that's definitely um, got unique talents. And uh, that's one of the things that makes our hobby so special. So... Go over there and check that out. So probably uh, my favorite game next to D&D is uh, Call of Cthulhu. Love it. Just love it. And there were a couple of things that kind of Call of Cthulhu related this week that I wanted to share. One is over at rollingboxcars.com. There's this article about uh, Call of Cthulhu aboard the RMS Lusitania. And... This is by Daniel Stack, and I thought this was one of the best articles I'd read in a long, long time. Because uh, Daniel talks about wanting to add in the uh, sinking of the Lusitania into uh, Daniel's game, and goes into a little bit about the research um, they did and the sources they used and how the ideas for using it kind of morphed and then got eventually used in the game with some actual play notes. And this was such a great article if you are a keeper for Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I cannot recommend reading this enough. This is a really highlights how to use actual historical research as well as looking at fiction looking at a variety of different sources, then kind of morphing that into a scenario and uh, seeing it actually get played out. So uh, kudos to Daniel for this one. I thought this was a great article. Um, this was something I would recommend any Call of Cthulhu keeper to read. Really, really neat. 
and then uh, at the Destination Nightmare blog, you know, I talked talked earlier about, you know, how I was searching out different blogs and looking at different blog roles and trying to kind of expand and look at different things. And somehow I ended up with this on my blog role. This is a blog podcast magazine dealing with cult cinema of the past, art, comic books, music, or whatever else we feel like talking about. The, uh, the address is actually Crete Feet Forever. So Crete, like creature, but it's C-R-E-A-T. Feet, like feature, but it's just feet, F-E-A-T. So C-R-E-A-T, F-E-A-T, forever. Cretefeetforever.blogspot.com. One of the things they do over here is they have a, this extensive, extensive collection of old horror comics. And uh, they'll post up little stories from the different comics, like one I'm looking at here uh, is from Creepy the creepy comic, uh, creepy number 33 from 1970. And they'll publish, uh, you know, they'll put up images where you can click on the image and it's just fantastic artwork, all these old things, but they're all these like, you know, little horror stories, almost like creep show, the movie, how everything was a different kind of comic, you know, story from one of these old horror comics. And these are just really fun to read through, but also I thought, you know, if you're playing games like Call of Cthulhu or Chill or, um, even uh, Dark Places and Demogorgons or any of these kind of old school horror games or new OSR sorts of horror games. Uh, these are great to look at for inspiration for scenarios. And uh, so this might be one that uh, you might want to check out, CreteFeetForever.blogspot.com. Look through some of this if you're running horror games, Cthulhu, uh, crypt world, any of that kind of stuff, uh, go over to Crete feet forever, uh, the destination nightmare blog and get some inspiration for some cool adventures. So over at Lithoscape, that's L I T H Y S C A P H E Lithoscape dot blogspot.com. David Perry over there put up a post called quintessential BX. Now you know about BX, and then you know about Gavin Norman's BX Essentials. Well, now Quintessential BX is a trimming and tweaking of BX Essentials, itself a revision of BX. And this is basically includes a few refinements, additions, and options, uh, but it's intended to just serve as a solid base, which to layer other modular rules on top of. Doesn't include classes, monster stat, or spells. So this is quintessential BX, vital rules reference, and you can download it. Primary differences, it says, from BX are ascending AC, consolidation of some fiddly bits like ability score adjustments into standard modifiers, and trimming some things uh, David sees as extraneous like prime requisite XP adjustments, etc. So... So you've got um, BX and you've got BX Essentials and now you've got Quintessential BX. And this is a good time for me to go ahead and tell you all that I've been working on my own BX. Um, and it's just, I'm just calling it Pure Uncut BX. And all it is, is a dwarf class and a reaction table. Oh, that's bad. Oh. Oh, I can't believe I followed through with that. Oh, what is wrong with me? 
Okay, so speaking of reaction tables, uh, you know, I love reaction tables. That's one of the things that really is missing from the modern kind of 3X and after D&D. And, you know, I think that that absence is kind of what has led us um, in some of the directions where, uh, you know, some players and some groups always want to resolve everything with combat or always have an assumption that every combat is going to be exactly matched up with a perfect challenge rating. And uh, I don't know, I think it all ties in together there somewhere. But I wanted to mention Rob C's Down in a Heap podcast, one of the legendary OSR anchorites. Um, Rob did a great podcast a few weeks, maybe a couple months ago now, Time's Flying, uh, on reaction roles. So if you're on Anchor or you want to just search for the Down in the Heap podcast and listen to that one on reaction roles, I would highly recommend it. Great, great stuff. Anyway, a few posts on reaction roles kind of came up this week. One's over at drbargle.blogspot.com, drbargle.com. Uh, .blogspot.com. This is Andy Bartlett's blog. Put up a post called How to Resolve Everything That Comes Up. Talking about the older I get, the less tolerance I have for crunch. And then references another post, which I'll get to next. But uh, basically using the reaction role as a universal D&D arbitration system. Um, and uh, it's good stuff. Talking about not just doing, uh, not just using the reaction roles for of NPC reactions, but also if the players make a choice and it's not clear what the outcome should be to uh, what the outcome would be, you can use uh, kind of reaction role mechanics to decide what happens with that choice, if the outcome is is good or bad, and interpret it. And um, mentions a sentence that I liked a lot. One of the joys of returning to classic D and D and its variants a few years ago was using tools such as the reaction role, random encounter tables, and morale rules, and feeling much more like I was also playing the game and not simply running a game for other people. I thought that was really well stated. And the other post that Andy was referencing was over at dndborderlands.blogspot.com. So over at, um, at the dndborderlands.blogspot.com blog, there's the original post, How to Resolve Anything That Comes Up, and uh, this is cool. It looks like this was uh, an article in the Dice Roll Zine. And it's basically like an expanded uh, reaction table. Um, and it, it mentions uh, quite tongue-in-cheek that uh, this table may spell the end of rules subsystems as we know them forever. Um, but uh, it's meant to inspire a rulings, not rules play style. And just kind of a way to resolve different things that happen with reaction tables, kind of expanded. Uh, it's cool, a, a cool read. So if you if you like uh, using them, and this is something that um, Rob got into on the podcast. Uh, it's kind of inspiration. Um, it, it's kind of you know gives that unpredictable element to the the GM. And uh, that makes it fun. It makes you have to think on the, you know, think on the fly. Um, encourages improvisation, improvisation skills, and, and creativity. So, 
definitely want to go over and check that out, dndborderlands.blogspot.com. Those kind of last two ones kind of go together as companion pieces, so read them both. And then finally on the reaction table front over at lizardmandiaries.blogspot.com. This is uh, Michael Raston's blog. I've reviewed uh, Michael's Blasphemous Roster um, book that uh, he did based on his Infinigrad setting, which is all random tables to kind of um, paint the picture of what goes on in this kind of sprawling city where guilds hire out uh, guild dogs, quote-unquote, um, to go and you know do their dirty work for them. And uh, it was a really cool book, uh, very much uh, kind of had that DIY punk aesthetic to it. If you like that kind of zine kind of stuff, you should check that out. But uh, anyway, Michael put up a cool post called Alignment Dependent, What Does the NPC Do Table? And so this is a way to mix reaction tables along with the... Um, alignment of the NPCs or creatures encountered. So it's got a chaotic, neutral, and lawful, um, you know, those options. And you might, um, you know, so depending on, on their alignment, you might get a different result on the reaction table. So it was a way of kind of combining two different things, alignment and reaction tables that I thought was quite clever and it'll definitely get your wheels turning. And so, uh, go over and check that out and then check out some of Michael's stuff. He's got, uh, Links to his stuff in the um, sidebar there. Check that out too over at lizardmandiaries.blogspot.com. Alright, uh, so something for all those uh, Appendix N fans out there. All those uh, fans of all that cool fantasy fiction and stuff that uh, Gygax tried to turn you on to back in the day. There were a couple things that... Uh, I saw this week, they were definitely of interest, over at Acratic Wizardry, A-K-R-A-T-I-C, wizardry.blogspot.com. This is really cool, I hadn't heard anything about this, but uh, Hawkmoon, apparently there's going to be a Hawkmoon TV show, Michael Moorcock's Hawkmoon and uh, the Runestaff series is uh, going to be made into a BBC TV television show. So, um, not a lot of news on that yet, but um, how cool is that? Hawk Moon TV show? Uh, sign me up. Um, and then, uh, this was cool too, over at... Uh, over at Hero Press. This must have a lot of people writing for this site because they do something like every day, it seems like. But uh, I haven't researched it too much. But this is a, a pretty good uh, little blog that they got going over here. Uh, anyway, they, uh, it's Hero Press. Hero Press and then TWO, like Hero Press 2. Hero Press 2.blogspot.com. Had a really good post. Robert E. Howard, Creating an Age Undreamed Of. Now, uh, to toot uh, some of the Anchorite's horns, uh, again, uh, one of my favorites is uh, 
one of my favorite podcasts is um, the Dice for Screaming. Uh, guys are really funny. I've obviously played a lot of games. Um, you know, really knowledgeable, um, excellent stuff. Anyway, they did a great podcast on Conan uh, a few weeks ago. So this might be something those guys would be into. Y'all should check out their podcast. Anyway, there's a, a, a video, about a 30-minute video here about creating an age undreamed of that goes into some of the the, the odd uh, philosophical movements and uh, subject matter that kind of influenced Robert E. Howard. In particular, uh, the theosophy movement of uh, the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, and... Uh, um, Atlantis and you know theories about Atlantis and how that tied to Theosophy and uh, it's it's a uh, it's strange but uh, but good. So if you're uh, into Robert E. Howard into into that Conan stuff and want to uh, watch a video about some of the influences and how they uh, affected his work, go over to. Hero Press, TWO.blogspot.com, and check out that post on Robert E. Howard creating an age undreamed of. A couple of miscellaneous things I wanted to share that don't really fit any categories that I just thought were worth sharing with you. One, uh, Mojo Bob, MojoBob.blogspot.com, put up this awesome, awesome post. Uh, Shouting in the Void is the name of the blog, but Fits his role-playing wargame in a modeling-related blather. And the post is called Mr. Blobby. I made this blob monster, monster some years ago out of a bit of expanding foam gap filler overflow. Glued it to a steel washer for stability and slapped on some paint and washes. And voila! It's this awesome mini, one-of-a-kind blob mini that you just got to see to believe. I put, I put an image of it on the blog. Uh, but go over to mojobob.blogspot.com and tell them how awesome you think this uh, this mini uh, Mr. Blobby is because it's killer. Also, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the weird spam that was going around. I actually ended up getting the one about uh, you know turning you into you know are you tired of being human? Uh, you will be made to walk, become a vampire, and all this. Over at uh, the Monsters and Manuals blog monstersandmanuals.blogspot.com uh they put up a post campaign hooks and spam and it was a couple other these weird spam emails that are ones that i hadn't seen yet they're i've been casting spells for many years i've helped many people i might be able to help you too i'm honest and i generally care for all the clients who choose me to cast a spell for them that's one of them from dr agudu's solution temple and Another couple of things up there. So if you liked reading about that spam that you get on Blogspot, uh, go over to monstersandmanuals.blogspot.com. There are another couple of doozies over there. Uh, the other miscellaneous thing I wanted to mention is because I knew I was going to end up mentioning uh, the Dice for Screamings podcast and uh, Down in a Heap. Well, uh, uh, Chuck Thorin does the Playing It Wrong uh, podcast, another anchorite. And Chuck actually keeps a list over at his uh, They Might Be Gazebos blog, theymightbegazebos.blog. 
and there's a list of the OSR anchorites. And I just thought this would be a way to just highlight a lot of good stuff going on, a lot of creative people doing, um, you know, uh, podcasts on Anchor. And, uh, you know, they've all made me feel real welcome, and uh, everybody's real supportive of each other. And I think it's uh, it's really cool. And so if you're, um, you know, checking out these different podcasts I mentioned and checking mine out, I want to see a list of another bunch. If you're into old school stuff, I want to see another, you know, a list of a bunch of different uh, cool ones and uh, supportive folks that, uh, uh, you know, you want to jump on board, start recording with Anchor. I can tell you, you couldn't uh, ask for a better group on some of these folks. So make you feel right at home, encourage you, and uh, be part of it. So I thought I'd link that so you can see the list of the legendary OSR Anchorites. So something I wanted to end on today, uh came across a new blogger, uh, and I wanted to highlight this, this blog, support new talent and everything. And what reminds me of uh, when I started blogging, uh, I don't know, Sam was kind of when I started podcasting and look back on it, it kind of went cringe a little bit. I did not really come fully formed into the world of blogging and uh, podcasting. And, it, and I haven't improved much yet. <laughs> but <laughs> you want to talk about uh, someone that has come out of the gates, guns blazing, you want to go over to matzywrites.blogspot.com, M-A-T-Z-E-W-R-I-T-E-S.blogspot.com. Uh, three posts in now, and uh, already got these three one-page adventures that uh, are just really creative, um, unique, idiosyncratic talent, um, you know, you might glance at them and be like, Froth, what the hell are you talking about? But take your time and go over here and, and click them and read them, and I think you'll see that this is uh, some really cool stuff. Uh, another awesome voice in gaming kind of starting here. I don't know, you know. I might not have an eye for success, but I do have an eye, I think, for unique talent. So I don't know how... Um, popular some of the stuff I, I, I like is ever going to be, but I can tell you this, Matsy's stuff is awesome, so go over to M-A-T-Z-E-W-R-I-T-E-S dot blogspot dot com check out the uh, Matsy or Mitzi writes about games site you know what, add it to your blog roll oh lordy I'm just crawling over the finish line at this point, but, uh, man, hump day bloggerama, what can you say? I love doing this show. I love, uh, researching for it. Research. I love research, right? Yeah, I love doing the research for this show. All it is is fun, so, uh, you know, um, what can you say? Surrounded by talent. And I just love talking about it. So I hope you liked listening. Um, thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. Because I know it's a long show. Um, there's a lot to talk about. I had stuff that I had to cut cut out, whittle down. 
just to get it down to this and uh but that's at a certain point there's just some awesome stuff that needs to be said uh, there's no way i want to be able to keep this at a 30 minute show or anything like that so i don't even try i also don't try to really script anything at all because then it wouldn't be natural and uh that's just not the way i like to to roll with it so but i want to thank you for listening and uh hey if you want to support the whole froth thing I got going here with the blog and the podcast. There are two ways I thought about it that would really uh, would really do the trick. Uh, the number one is to just continue to share and let people know about it. A lot of people have uh, shared this, have seen around, and, and talked to people about it, and reposted or retweeted or whatever. And and I want people to know how much I appreciate that. I'm very thankful for that. Uh, there's nothing like a referral or uh, a recommendation from a friend. Uh, I always will, you know, somebody tells me, hey, Frog, go check this out. You'll love this or whatever. You know, I'm going to go at least check it out. So that's really helpful. And uh, and then the other thing is, you know, I'm, I'm adding all these blogs to my blog roll. I, th- I was at like 400 last time I talked about it, I think. And now I'm like at 520, 530. It really ma- does make a difference being on a blog roll. Uh, I see hits on my site all the time from other people's uh, blog rolls when they have me on there. So if you don't have me on there and you like what I'm doing, hey, consider adding uh, froth, S-O-F, D-N-D.blogspot.com to your blog roll. That would be a, a huge thank you. Um, Anyway, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and uh, hopefully you keep uh, reading and listening. So I hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to contact me, you can uh, message me on the Anchor app. If you don't have it, y'all, and, and you're checking out some of these Anchorites and everything, uh, you know, d- check out the Anchor app because you can just uh, leave somebody a voicemail and everything, call in. It's, it's fun. So, But anyway, message me on the Anchor app. Frothsoft, that's froth, S-O-F, at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, Frothsoft on Twitter. And then uh, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. I'll get back to the drawing board, back to the grind, and start finding some more stuff for you guys for next week. Thanks again for listening, and talk to you then.